Welcome to the Medicinergy podcast. I'm Imogen, a 17-year-old A-level student bringing you the most inspiring medical students, health tech founders and young leaders to help you see if the world of technology and health is for you. I'm here today with Amelia, a final year medical student who uses her platform on Instagram to show people what balance really looks like. So hi Amelia, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you on here today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We love energy, we love excitement. So tell us what is going on with you at the moment. Um, So as you said, I'm a final year medical student. I go to Leicester um, and I'm currently on my GP block or GP apprenticeship um, in final year, which basically means um, I'm kind of now seeing like my own patients and uh, kind of running my own clinics with obviously the supervision of a GP. Um, So currently I'm on that block is going really well I'm enjoying it and I'm I'm also um, in the process of preparing for a SFP interview um, which is basically a type of job that you apply for um, as a junior doctor. (laughs) Wow so lots going on very exciting very nerve-wracking at the same time I can imagine Uh, we can we can come back to some of those things in a bit but you said you're at Leicester Medical School so what stood out to you about Leicester compared to other medical schools? Um, so I applied for medicine twice initially um, straight out of school and then I didn't get in I did a degree and then reapplied the second time round. Um, and in all honesty the second time round, I had learned my lesson and I just applied more strategically to my strengths um, and Leicester at the time uh, had a system that definitely kind of I thought oh you know I have a have a chance here um, and then I came for the open day and I just really loved the city um, it's so multicultural. It's not too big. It's not too small. It's in the Midlands. It's easy to get to kind of up home to Manchester for me. It's easy to get to London, um, kind of, you know, just to travel and explore. Um, and I just really love the city. And then as I've kind of progressed within my course, I've realized that actually Leicester's quite a unique med school in that we have um, such a holistic approach to medicine and such a patient-focused approach to medicine from very early on, from even your first uh, couple of years where some med schools really treat that as kind of purely scientific years. Um, Leicester really puts um, like a clinical approach early on and that's what attracted me in the first place. And then that also is kind of what's kept me loving this degree here and just generally having a good time, I think. We're at the forefront of some really um, exciting changes when it comes to kind of uh, patient care. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. And I, if, if I was applying to medicine, I would definitely be going for places where they have that early patient interaction and like clinical experience yeah. from the start. Uh, I know 100%. places like Exeter do that, and I, I really like the sound of that. And you said there as well about applying strategically. So kind of expand a little bit more about that. What does applying strategically to medical school mean? Okay, so this has been a, you know, I did this a long time ago. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) not that long, five years ago. But the the simple principle is basically applying to your strengths. So for example, if you are somebody that scored really highly on the UCAT, I'm talking 800s, 850, you want to apply to the places that put UCAT kind of at the top of their list that value that um 
the most. Whilst if you are somebody like me who did not score very highly on the UK, I got a very average score and who literally did not improve it in the three years uh, of my degree either. Um, you want to apply to where your other strengths lie. So for example, like my GCSEs were pretty good. So I wanted to pick a place that scored your GCSEs and gave you a, a score based on your GCSEs, but perhaps a place that put the UK a bit lower down in their criteria or used it um, later on. Um, so I think kind of for those of you guys that are listening to this applying to med school my biggest tip is just research the heck out of the all the med schools and and what the criteria is and and logically think do I have a chance here and I know sometimes it feels like you don't have a chance anywhere um, because you're thinking it's also competitive you know and it is but if you know if you kind of if you're a person who who's wanted to do medicine for a long time you focused on that then you will have strengths that will be valued in certain med schools. Even when it comes to like work experience, some med schools require you to have clinical experience. Some med schools say, well, you could literally write about working in McDonald's, you know, apply to your strengths, I guess, is the summary. Definitely, definitely. And I think that's a really nice clarification of what it means because you hear people use these kind of phrases a lot, you know, like apply strategically. It's like, what does that actually mean? So I really, yeah. really like that. And you said research the heck out of it. And I completely agree because I found this going around um, open days and things. You ask people, oh, you know, what uni do you want to go to? What, you know, rough areas of medicine interest you? And they're like, oh, I don't really know. And it's like, oh, why did you want to do medicine? Mm. Uh, I'm not really sure. It's like, come on, guys. Uh, it's a five-year yeah. degree. It's like essentially your whole life career, obviously less so now, but it's a big deal. Like, why wouldn't you research into what you're actually going to be doing? And I think that's what, why I messaged you in the first place or, or why we got in contact with each other because we were talking about unrealistic expectations of what it's like to be a medicine. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> exactly. So so how do you think people can actually set the right expectation for themselves so they don't go into medicine and think, oh my gosh, this isn't what I meant to apply for? How do you think we can help people to kind of get a better understanding of what medicine's really like? Mm, I think that's a tough question. In that, I think it's it's quite complex and I think now with the era of like med Instagram and social media and TikTok and actually medfluencers and YouTubers you do actually get a much better understanding of what it's like in med school um and actually the I, I think the best way to to kind of research it and learn about it is from people um and seeing what their life looks like now, I know social media is also not fabricated, but, you know, it, it can be exaggerated mm. to an extent. Um, whilst, so I think now we're in a better position to do that. And there are a lot of things um, that go on, um, which kind of like webinars and things that are open to everybody. Whilst I found when I was applying, I really struggled to actually know what I was getting myself into. And I, I'm lucky in that I kind of made the right, call like I took a risk and it paid off um but I I'll be honest with you I didn't really know what it would look like um I come from like um an immigrant family where I didn't I don't have doctors in my family um and kind of if I would have doctor contacts they wouldn't be in this country um so I went to a grammar school and I had friends whose parents were doctors and that's kind of how I was like you know, literally asking people like, oh, what is it like? 
now that's very different to like a consultant or somebody who's been a doctor for many years will give you a very different perspective on medicine to a medical student studying currently or to a junior doctor so even when you're talking to kind of honestly like you know big adults um (laughs) you will have a different perspective um like I said I think now it is a lot easier and I think there's so much more when it comes to widening participation and getting people involved um I noticed you had uh I think Leah on your podcast like last week and Mm -hmm. there's so much regarding wedding participation and Tash Binney's company as well Future Frontline they they really offer um and there are so many other you know kind of um companies out there that really offer a perspective of kind of of what it's like um and just speaking to people like we have the privilege now of being able to message anybody on this wonderful mm-hmm. internet um and so you know when people message me and they they ask certain things or what would you advise and, and things like that I always try to be the most honest and I always try to be honest on my social media as well about it's not all rosy all the time um but equally it's not all hard work hard work hard work um all the time because I just don't think that's a realistic representation um of what it's like there are good bits and there are bad bits and you know mm-hmm. there are days where definitely you just want to give up and you don't even know <laughs> what's going on and there are also incredible days I I think you're right with social media often and most mostly it is just showing the best bits whether it's fabricated or not like you can have real good bits in life but you'd not necessarily Mm. people aren't necessarily willing to show the worst bits which is completely understandable but um you mentioned a few names there like tash leah i've also had faye Bates on here um and you guys you know showing both sides how it's not just this amazing thing so you watch things like i don't know gray's anatomy and it's not actually to be fair that isn't all happy but it's it's not realistic (laughs) (laughs) not quite like that yeah. And you know what, there will be people applying to med school who are like, I watch Grey's and I think it's so awesome. And um, <laughs> that's why I'm applying. Um, and I'm not joking. I, I, I have come across that <laughs> in the past. Um, but I, and I also think when you're applying straight from school, sometimes depending on how mature you are and kind of your upbringing and these things, it is difficult to have um, that perspective. And sometimes I actually think it's difficult to know what questions to ask. I remember mm. I went to my first work experience, I think I must have been 15 or 16. And this consultant, like I was with this consultant, I think cardiologist, and he sat me down. He's like, okay, so what do you want to know? And I remember being like so intimidated and so overwhelmed by just being in a hospital. And like, to me, it was this huge dream that I was even in a hospital and I was getting to like see what doctors do. And I remember feeling so overwhelmed. I didn't even know what to ask. And I think sometimes then when you watch kind of medfluences I think yeah Faye is great as well she's so like real for this they will obviously tell you kind of about their experiences and they will um, maybe highlight things that you yourself as a 16 17 18 year old wouldn't have thought of does that make sense oh yeah I I think if you haven't experienced that even if even if you have had work experience that you don't know what you don't know you don't know what to ask because you don't know what 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 there is and what there isn't and how it works so I think I think advice I give and a lot of people give is first of all get some work experience see what it's actually like but then also you know you mentioned there previously about how big adults big experienced doctors who have been in the field for a long time will have very different perspective to junior doctors now and so just yeah I mean that's why I started the podcast just to ask people what is it actually like for you 
And I think that's what people need to do, research and listen to other people like me who are asking the questions. I'm, I'm used to asking some, some of the questions now and I know what I don't know more, uh, more yeah. than I did a year ago. So things like that, I think, as you say, is really, really helpful. And, you know, it is, it is a bit of an overload of information. And when you've never been in hospital before, you're, again, you're like, I don't, there's just so much going on. And then you go on Instagram, there's just so much information. And so you said about how now you're actually in medicine you've had that maturity of doing a a degree before and you're in your final year so looking ahead what are you looking to get out of this year and and how are you finding it so far um so it's very different to any other year in med school I mean every year in med school is different from the next Mm. but I think this year is such uh a shock to the system a gentle shock because I'm so grateful that we have this year and that this is how Leicester does it but basically um, for us in final year, you have four apprenticeships, which basically means that you have medicine and surgery, GP and A&E. And so medicine and surgery, you're shadowing a junior doctor, shadowing an F1. So I've just finished my med blog. I was with a wonderful um, F1 um, and I was basically doing her job with her. So when she was on shift, I was on shift. When she was on call, I was on call. Um, whatever she was doing, I was doing with her. And that includes writing discharge letters, right, taking phone calls, things like that. And now I'm obviously in GP. Again, you mimic the the work of a junior, which would be having your own patients, having a lot more time than 10 minutes to see your own patients. We don't, you know, they don't throw you in at the deep end and then kind of mm-hmm. going discussing it uh, with a senior GP and then explaining the management plan and so on. Um, A&E, you are kind of just shadowing, but you are still expected to um, to also be doing kind of the work that juniors would be doing. Um, so, Leicester gives us a nice shock. The, the shock is that all of a sudden I've realised it's getting real and I am going to be a doctor in like just over six months. And you are starting to realise the responsibility and how patients see you. And the interaction is very different to kind of being on placement in third and fourth year where you don't really get to know the ward. You don't know where things are. You're just kind of in and out. It's very quick. Whilst here you can really kind of get into the role uh, of what it would be like to be a junior and like I said I'm so grateful that we have this time to actually learn the job and um, so a lot of fifth year is just learning a job and that is kind of the main thing that I want to get out of it um personally for me I'm not that great at doing examinations like my cardio resp exams I just know are not up to scratch so I want to um practice that get that out of it and just become a lot more um confident in kind of being able to manage things myself I think by now every med student is very happy taking a history but I think then you know taking it further and actually managing your patients and putting forward a treatment plan um, is something that we're all working on this year. I also am become very aware that this is the last year at uni for me after mm-hmm. eight years altogether um, and that my life is going to change a lot after July and um, I don't actually know where I'll be yet whether I'm going to stay here whether I'm going to be somewhere else in the country so I'm also really trying to keep that perspective and try and make the most of my time here um, and you know spend lots of time with my friends make sure that I don't pass on opportunities um, you know without a valid reason like socializing and these things it's, <laughs> it's important for me to still be making those core memories that I'm going to look back on one day and say okay like you know in the final year we did this and we did that and um, 
yeah just keeping that kind of perspective and it's going by so quickly um so yeah I just I kind of want to make the most of it oh my gosh completely oh that's so it's so exciting I said this right at the start it's so exciting that you you're about to become a doctor in just over six months and you've got the responsibility of your own patients now so your own clinics like that's so cool that's like every medical student's dream isn't it yeah and I remember being in that position and thinking you kind of because it's such a long degree you think I'm never gonna get there Mm. like you're just kind of going through the motions sometimes especially I feel like second year third year they're a bit of a slug um like they're just so slow and they drag and yeah you're just like wow I'm never really I'm never getting there I want to be there hands-on and and all of a sudden you're there and it's just it's it's crazy to reflect on like when I had my first day in GP and the doctor was like okay so are you happy managing this patient I'd be like yeah and they're like all right okay then go do xyz and you're just like well you're trusting me to do, to do that. You can't have this moment of like, whoa, this is what I've, what I've trained for, like my whole life to do. And, and then you get to do it. And I kind of hope that novelty never wears off. I don't ever want to be that doctor that is like, you know, rolling their eyes. I hope I kind of always keep that that perspective of this is such a privilege to be able to do it. Oh my gosh, completely. Like I've been to quite a few work experiences now and every doctor I, I see has like, don't do it, don't do it. And uh, the negativity, like, it's so nice to hear someone who's really excited about they're about to go into medicine, like, the enthusiasm. I really, really like hearing that from you. And so, you know, you mentioned a lot about, you know, it's your last year of uni. You've been at uni for almost eight years now, and there's a kind of stress that comes with that. And you've got to do all these exams that you're not necessarily being very confident about and things. So how do you get, how do you get that balance um, between, you know, you've really got to study for these finals, but you've also got to make the most of it. How do you get that balance? So I think in general, when it comes to to balance, knowing what the time is for right now. So for example, when it comes to exams, I dedicate like you, like we kind of, you know, mentioned before, like a hundred days or however long I, um, you know, I revise for. And Mm -hmm. I know that that is my study time. And then I know I can dive into that fully then. And that is, that is my study time. Whereas for example, in your summers in between med school and things like that, you can, you then have the space to focus on other projects or do different kind of different other things in your life. And knowing what to prioritize when, I think that's the best way of putting it. Um, And knowing how much to prioritize at those given points in time. For example, I know I don't need to be doing crazy revision at the moment because my finals aren't until um, April. But I equally, I'm aware that I can't fully neglect things and I still need to be, you know, slowly keeping on top of things, maybe not as much as I will be doing, um, you know, after Christmas. But knowing what to prioritise when I think is key. Like, for example, now I'm okay taking more time to be making memories with my friends or Mm. to be, say, focusing a little bit more on my social media and, um you know, doing doing kind of um, other bits and bobs or doing other like research projects and things like that. And um, whilst I know that from January on, it is exams and then other things that are, you know, non-negotiables. Um, so yeah, that's basically, I think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think prioritizing is really, really important. As you say, you'll prioritize things 
you need to know which one's the best one to prioritize and I was literally just having this conversation with one of my friends the other day because especially in a levels like you still you have a lot of independence but you don't quite have the same as you would in uni and say an opportunity Mm -hmm. comes up like I was in I was in Malta at this med tech event a few weeks ago and had to miss three days of college for it and right is it worth Mm -hmm. three days of college for this and there are moments where you're like yes absolutely and then there's this other one in like February I'm like no absolutely it's not worth it I need to be I need to be studying in February Mm -hmm. and so it's just kind of weighing up what works at what time because the same opportunity at a different time might be a bit lower down the priority list. So it's just knowing what the right moment is for each one. Exactly. And um, I am absolutely the worst for this because <laughs> I I really struggle to say no to things and opportunities. And it's something that I constantly work on because I just get so excited. I just, if, I just want to be doing everything. Um, and <laughs> I really sometimes have to stop myself and sit down and be like, is this the correct time for you to take this on? And you know what? My friends, my mom, everyone around me is always like, you just take too much on. Like you have always mm. too much going on. Um, and so I'm really trying to work on like saying no to certain things when they arise and really debating, is this the right time for me? Um, like I remember last year, it was time for me to be doing exams, but I was also a part of a social media team that was putting on a conference and so actually in hindsight was that the smartest idea probably not I mean I had a great time the conference went brilliantly I did really well at my exams but would I recommend that to somebody else and would I do that again no and that's something I've worked on this year where before I used to do like just a lot more committee stuff and getting involved with societies and this year I kind of limited myself to I need to do my uni and I need to do like uh, my job that I get like actually paid for <laughs> because yeah. in fifth year the financial situation changes by the way and like it's not as great as is in previous years um not that it's ever really great but you know it, mm-hmm. it just becomes worse so I was like okay my priority is to actually like have the finances and then um and then to kind of focus on my uni and 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 then also to have the free time to make those memories because it is my final year um but then I'm also aware that after exams you know we have elective and I have that thing that in the future I will have time to chill and I will have time to actually completely put all my responsibilities aside and you know the hard work that hopefully I'm going to put in will hopefully pay off and I'll be able to enjoy my elective Woo, that'd be good and it's just yeah it's just that balance prioritizing knowing when to do what and I think I think that's really really great advice but my last question will be you know we've we've spoken about all the different things that you can do and that you do do and one of those is obviously having your Instagram account um Milia Med and so what would your advice be to people who I mean it's all about balance that's that's why I think it's it's so so great what you do what would your advice be to people who want to start some sort of study gram or similar to what you do and what the other people you've spoken about do what would your advice be to them if they want to start a kind of create creating content account oh that's a really good question um so I think similarly to what we've already spoken about today um and it's gonna sound so cheesy but you have to be true to yourself (laughs) um and I mean that wholeheartedly like genuinely because if you are yourself on your socials if you're starting an account you if you don't some people will tell you okay if you want to monetize if you do want to do xyz you need to have a clear vision you need to have a strategy 
strategy you need to have this and that and that's great if that's what you want to do um but actually I think for me social media is so much about expression and kind of you know if the rest comes of it then then it comes of it Um, Mm. and it's so much about honesty now that doesn't mean you have to know every single detail of your life because there are things I intentionally keep private um on my social media you know like certain details about my life or certain aspects of my life just don't don't go on really and like hardly ever um so I think it's being true to yourself without completely compromising your privacy I think so being kind of your your most authentic self and that does sometimes mean being vulnerable in front of like an audience of people that you don't actually know especially if that account is public and that can be quite hard um so for example when I talk sometimes about you know my stories or whatever about having a bad day on placement um there is an element of that I used to I think think about quite a lot um and I'd be like oh but people you know come here they watch my account to take advice from me to have hopefully inspiration on some sort of level and here I am failing at something and actually sharing that failure initially I would feel so embarrassed about it but now I've realized that's where the strength is when you do have a page when you do have a platform is that people want to see authenticity and they want to see um like we're talking about actually what it's like to be a med student actually what it's like to balance your life and um you know sometimes I am very open about the fact that I've had weeks or days where I I can't balance it and even though you know that is something that my page is about it's still having that vulnerability to say okay this is something I still struggle with or you know I am I I am actually finding medicine really tough right now or whatever it is that you're creating your page about um so I think be open with your followers be creative don't be scared to be cheesy I think had I not had that fear would have started a lot earlier um and yeah honestly just as cheesy as it sounds be true to yourself (laughs) brilliant I love it it's cheesy but it's true isn't it It's, it's really really needed and it's very very helpful advice so thank you so much for being on the podcast today it's been really nice to chat to you you've shared some some great great advice with with the listeners so thank you so much thank you thank you so much for having me um I've really enjoyed having our chat and I hope it is helpful um you know to people listening and you know if they have any questions feel free to uh kind of message I'll be more than happy to chat to you guys listening <laughs>